I'm standing in a recording booth in Philadelphia, where a woman is feverishly waving her hands above her head, as though she were conducting an orchestra while also trying to get their attention. She's pointing, swooping, holding that one note for dramatic effect. She's locked in a power stance, knees bent, ready for battle. And this is what she's saying. Everything is on the line now. Our rights, our freedoms, our America. Ted Cruz for president. Let's take our country back now before it's too late. Yeah, let's go. From NBC News, this is The Trail Tapes. I'm Jake Heller. Every month, or okay, as often as we can, thanks for waiting for this one, we bring you the stories of people with unorthodox connections to the 2016 campaign. Today, it's Laurel Katz, who, among other things, performs the voiceovers on pro-Ted Cruz ads from the Courageous Conservatives Pack. We caught up with her just before the South Carolina primary to ask her about what goes into her performances and if she always agrees with what she's saying. So you've been doing voiceovers, both for political ads and everything else, for 25 years now? Let me count. Uh, over 25 years. How, how did you get started? Um, I picked it as my main career when I hit a milestone birthday. I was a college grad. 30, you told me earlier. Oh gosh, 30. okay, so people are gonna do the math. <laughs> um, I was in a sheep paddock in the south of New Zealand. I realized, okay, I'm 30, I like, okay, what am I gonna, what do I wanna be when I grow up? A sheep paddock? Yes, a, a sheep field. Uh, I was in the south of New Zealand in a field of sheep where I was with my husband at the time, who was a New Zealander. And I just, it's like, okay, it's my turn. What do I need to, pick a career, and I had done radio, actually since high school, so I was comfortable with a microphone, and I thought, um, I'll, I'll do voiceovers. It was literally just like a 10 second thought. I wanna go back to the sheep paddock, <laughs> because I feel like most of us can relate, that's how we choose our career, we're, <laughs> we're frolicking in a, amongst the sheep and we just sort of take 10 seconds and think what am I going to do for the rest of my life and then we just choose it and then we just do it. How did you decide on voiceover of literally all of the careers in the world? How did you choose to be a voiceover artist? Because I was comfortable with a microphone and I had done radio for a while and I knew that voiceover was a career where I would be speaking into a mic but I needed to learn that craft and take acting classes. So I, it was really more of a lateral move. I mean, I was in radio because I was a big music head mm. from when I was young. And this was almost like a more of a commercial lateral move. So were you like a, like a disc jockey, like a radio I DJ? I was. I was a rock and roll DJ. Did you have a DJ name? I did. I called myself Laurel Carr. Oh, that was, that's not that far off. It's not that far is. off. It's not that far off. What do you think the general public sort of doesn't know about what goes into perfecting a voiceover? All right, well, the, the biggest thing, and I hear this throughout the years, like, oh, I was told I have a really good voice. And your sound is such Who a... Who says that? 
people do. They come up to me, hey, I, you know, somebody told me I had a really good voice and I should do voiceovers. Oh, okay. And actually the sound of your voice, maybe in radio is better, but for voiceovers, you don't have to have a great sounding voice. It's voice acting, so it's what you do with it. It's a craft and all you have is sound, so there's a lot that goes into the craft of learning how to do voiceover. So what goes into that craft? We broke down this ad, which Laurel had just recorded. Justice Scalia's death reminds us the next president will pick as many as four Supreme Court justices and hundreds of other federal judges. So every ad tells a story and has an arc. So the setup is mentioning about Scalia's death and it reminds us that the next president will pick as many as four Supreme Court justices and hundreds of other federal judges. And then, so you've set it up, you take a beat. Just who would Donald Trump pick? Just who would Donald Trump pick? And then you sort of set it up to show some negative stuff. One person Trump suggested took Roy Moore off the Alabama Supreme Court for displaying the Ten Commandments. These sentences are more like bullets. Well, one person Trump suggested did, did this. You know, another did this. Another forced Indiana to fund Planned Parenthood. And then a third did that. And one more who threw out New Jersey's partial birth abortion ban. So you're sort of kind of setting it up for him and the three bad things. And then you, you move forward and you just say everything is on the line right now. You know, it's like, here's the deal. Everything is on the line now. Our rights, our freedoms, our America. And the courts are the battleground. Okay, I have to stop you right, right. there. Because to some, that comes off as just unbelievably cheesy, right? Like if I was writing a parody political ad, I would write a line like, our rights, our freedoms, our America. You know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, this is how real political ads are written, and probably for a reason. So what do you what do you think about all this? I'm you know, it's this is what it is because it really does talk about our rights and our freedom in our country. So this really is important stuff. You know, Macy ch seemed cheesy to some. I could read it cheesy, but I didn't because it's real. Right. You know, this is real, real important stuff. Um, but this is, this is, these are the nuts and bolts, baby. <laughs> so then you go from this middle section, who do you trust? Is it Donald Trump? I don't think so. I wonder who it's going to be. Oh, shocker, it's Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz for president. Let's take our country back now before it's too late. That's the answer right there. That's the answer. That's all. That's what this is. This is an arc and you have an issue and assortments of problems and then you have your answer. Now, of course, not all ads are constructed in that same way. So I wanted to know, does Laurel change her approach depending on the type of ad? The attack ad has a certain sound or the this candidate is relatable ad has a certain sound. Have you found doing political ads that there are certain ways that they want you to speak depending on what the ad is? Oh, sure. I mean, um, if you saw in the ads that we did, it was sort of negative at the top. Thinking about voting for Donald Trump? Think about this. And then once I mentioned Ted Cruz, I lit up. I 
you know, I lilted up, I was happy. So who do you trust to make those picks? Donald Trump with his New York values or Ted Cruz who won cases before the Supreme Court protecting gun rights? He's gonna fix everything, so. Right. Um, so in that spot, there was negative and positive. I've done spots where it's just positive all around. It's so-and-so, he comes from so-and-so. He does this, he'll do this, this, you know. So they're all bright. Fair, balanced, unafraid. That's Justice Tom Parker, standing up for what we believe. The primary duty of a judge is to support, defend, and protect the Constitution of the United States. So it really depends on the writing and then each individual producer on the level of, say, nasty or snarky, or I will get direction, be a little more pissed. You know, be a little more, so I'll get direction and I'll incorporate that. Um, How does that work just from a vocal standpoint? How do you connote positivity or negativity just through your voice without sounding just sort of angry? Right, it's, it's all in the acting. It's, I mean, I have to feel it and the voice just sort of comes out. That's why I said you never listen to yourself. And a true voiceover um, is done without headphones because that's really just for playback. You need to just be so that it's real. So it's really acting. It's exactly what it is. It's voice acting. Be in the moment. Just be Let there. Let yourself go. I need to feel the fact that, you know, he's for gun control. He's for that, like that. You have to feel it. And he did this, but he's going to do this. It's all about emotions, absolutely, and telling a story. So on that train of thought, you have done political ads for Democrats, for Republicans, all across the political spectrum. Yes. And yet, like you were saying, you have to feel it. You have to be psyched that this candidate is for gun control and that candidate opposes gun control and on any contentious issue. How do you, how do you do that? It's all acting. You reach into your little emotional file cabinet and you pull out empathy and you can just substitute the words for your feelings. So an actor reaches in, um, so it's all acting. But somewhat differently maybe than acting, you are embracing the real world positions of real world politicians who are hoping to make real world changes. Right. Does that make you uncomfortable? Um, any voiceover who, artist that tells you, any voice actor that tells you, um, you know, that does political ads will tell you that they really compartmentalize. Um, the people that are truly in this, that do it, you know, for all different kinds of people, different candidates, different issues, completely take their emotional views out of it. This is work, this is what we do, and it's completely separate. Um, I've seen like on posts and stuff, oh, I would never voice for this person or this candidate or this issue. The people that are truly in it do it and will, you know, just this is part of our job. It is literally part of our job. But do you have any moral reservations about that sometimes? I put those aside and... So you do have moral reservations? Oh, I completely do. What I personally do is I'll donate to causes that are important to me with the money that I make. I guess that's a way to sort of defray 
the moral cost of it. Absolutely. But it would be tough for me, I think, to just be, forgive the pun, but so full-throatedly supporting uh, an issue that I just thought was morally reprehensible. I, you know, I, I had, I take all of my more, you know, and I'm a very spiritual person, and um, I'm pretty religious, so I really compartmentalize that this is my work, and the more money I make doing it, the more I can give to causes that are important to me. The one thing she can't stomach, though, annoying voices. So you're highly attuned to how people talk. Are there particular speech patterns that you hear day to day that kind of aggravate you or that you find particularly pleasing? Um, pleasing? I mean, I, I knew that the guy I was going to end up with could not have a lisp or a crappy accent or have some weird speech thing. And what my, is a crappy accent? Just, just, I, just something like really annoying. You know, they spoke annoying and it was annoying. Okay. So the person that I'm with has a beautiful, happens to have a beautiful voice. Um, but anyway, what bothered? Well, well, sorry though, yeah. just to jump yeah. in because I would say most people probably when they're looking for a life partner would say, <laughs> you know, oh, his beautiful eyes or she has a beautiful smile. Or maybe even, you know, they have a beautiful laugh. But I think probably few people would say, he has a beautiful voice. True. And I, I, I mean, honestly, every guy I've been, you know, with in my life has just had a nice voice. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear, you know, somebody with like a high pitch shrill or like, Yeah. I just, sound is important to me. Mm. Sounds important to me. So sorry then, to get yeah, back to yeah. sounds that annoy you or right, that right. you find pleasing. Right, so the, the, the new trend among youngsters, of which I am not, is the combination glottal, you know, glottal fry, where you sort of trail off, or the... Was that, is that, you were saying... Like a Kardashian sort of, they do, they they do an amalgam of, you know, upspeak and hi thank you like thank you like there's that right, yeah, yeah. you know the ditzy sound where it keeps doing this and oh you know so any of the new sounds are it it lowers credibility and i've had people in you know high positions say I need to learn how to talk from you. People say I sound too young or, you know, and and um, so there's a certain amount of credibility to somebody with, you know. How they speak. Yeah, yeah. And this fact that certain voices connote credibility also isn't lost on the people who make political ads. In a world where the subjective biased opinions of the audience matter, men voiced more than double the number of ads as women in 2010 and 2012 because there's a credibility gap, or actually, a perception of credibility gap. Overall, according to a 2015 study led by Patricia Strack at the University at Albany SUNY, women's voices were perceived to be less credible than men's voices, though women did find female voices to be more credible than men did. The study also found that Republicans used female voiceovers much more than Democrats did. Women were more likely to voice attack ads than men, particularly ads about a candidate's personal characteristics. And women were much more likely to voice ads about issues perceived to be feminine, 
like childcare, healthcare, and education. So yeah, if it's only about like military hitting, fighting, you know, yeah, they'll they'll pick a guy to voice it. But, but why? Just because it's a man, you know, men fight and punch. Is I don't, that I don't know. Aggravate you at all or not at not at all. There's enough to go around. If I worried about who didn't call, you know, I'm just very grateful every day for what I do. There's enough to go around. I don't think about competition. Um, I'm very blessed with being able to work in the political sector. I work in the medical sector. I work in the corporate sector. Um, so there's enough to go around. And when they need me, I'm here. And I just keep a positive mental attitude about it, or I'd go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show, but before we go, a treat for me, and hopefully also for you. As I prepared for this interview, I realized that this was probably my only chance to get a professional, epic trailer voiced for the series. So, without further ado, here is the official Trail Tapes trailer, performed by the one and only Laurel Katz. In a world with too many podcasts, too many talking heads, one show stands above it all. This election cycle, get ready for some kick-ass journalism. This is the tape trails with Jake it's Heller. The trail tapes, but it's okay. Whoops. Keep going. This is the trail tapes with Jake Heller, starring Denzel Washington as Jake Heller. Okay, that's the episode. It was produced by Melanie Mencosmi and myself. Special thanks to Amaya Nibanga, who came up with the idea and helped us along the way. Editing by yours truly. Opening music by Shad and DJ Tilo. Closing music by Hey Rosetta and Yukon Blonde. I'm on Twitter at HellerJake. Subscribe on iTunes. And thanks for listening. <laughs>